0: I'm Amanda and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's episode everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to Emily Herbster. She is the owner and face behind Peach and Honey Studios. If you have not seen her stuff, go check it out ASAP. She has cute quilty merch, amazing stickers. She's like the nicest girl in the whole wide world. So go give her some love. And in the meantime, enjoy our chat while you shop.
1: Try and be on my best behavior.
0: <laughs> you don't have to be on your best behavior. That's
1: the best part about this is you don't have to. I'm not on mine. That's true. That's I true. a lot. I I do. I swear a lot. So I hope that I've listened to your podcast. So I'm like, you swear a little bit. So I do. <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, I feel like when I first got into quilting, there's like a very, and I don't want to say like stereotypical, cause I don't think that's the right word, but <laughs> there's definitely like a, a very specific niche to quilting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I often fall outside of that. Like Me I too. don't have children. So like, I didn't start learning how to quilt because I had a child, you know? So yeah. that's like a huge one. I feel like when people get asked like, Oh, why did you start quilting? I feel like a lot of the responses are, Oh, well, I had my first child and I really wanted to make them something. Mm which is like super special in its own right. You know? Yeah. I'm like, like, man, I'm like, well, that's not me. You know? So I've definitely felt like I've fallen outside of that. And then also with like swearing a (laughs) lot, I feel like you don't often see that, you know, on people's like Instagram stories or anything like that, that people that are in the quilting world, you know? So I do swear occasionally in my stories and I'm like, I wonder how people feel about it. You know, are they like upset about it? Should I care about it? Or should I just be being my authentic self, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I've worked in IT for like ever since I graduated, which was 2010. So that's been like, what, 13 years? Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by men. (laughs) So like very much like structured the way I handle conversations sometimes and I think that's why I tend to swear a little bit more. But.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. And like, I'm like you, I didn't start quilting. Like, I have stepkids, but I never was like, you know, a birth mom. So it wasn't like, I need to nest and make all these things for my baby. Like, I started quilting for myself. Like,
1: yeah. Same. And,
0: and yeah, it's like, I think really started this podcast so that people could find community where they couldn't find it elsewhere in the quilting community as, whole. And so slowly I've been starting to find more and more people like you and like the badass quilter, Maddie, if you haven't found her, she's awesome.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've, I feel like the name sounds really familiar, but I don't think I followed follow her. So I'll have to look her up after this. Yeah.
0: She's really great. I actually just interviewed her too. And she's just doing some really kick-ass things and, and
1: yeah, she's
0: really, she's so sweet, but yeah, it's like, She's like, yeah, be a badass quilter. Like you don't have to be this like fit in the box, fit in the granny mold of like what people traditionally think of quilting. Like you can be exactly who you are and make really cool quilts at the same time. And you don't have to turn into an old lady.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Cause I never thought that I would be a quilter. Like if you told me four years ago, Oh, you're going to start quilting. I would have been like, There's no way. Like what are you talking about? The idea I had of quilts was so like specific to like an older style, you know, you Mm -hmm. walk into like a traditional quilt shop. Like that's the stuff that you're expecting. Mm -hmm. So I, one day I was like browsing Instagram or not Instagram. I think it was Pinterest. And I saw one of lo and behold quilts. And I was like, what you're telling me quilts can look like this. Like, why didn't no one tell me this? I've like, I feel like I'm very much a serial hobbyist. So I've tried everything. And like, I've always I've always been like searching <laughs> to find that one thing that I'm like, okay, I love this. I want to put all my energy and effort into this. And it's taken me so long to find that. And so mm-hmm. when I found one thing, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is my, oh, so.
0: I love that. Like, what other hobbies did you have before? What have you tried?
1: <laughs> um, I made my own nail polish for a while. What? So <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was super big into nail polish. And so I started making my own with like the intent to eventually sell it, mm-hmm. but it was just, this is when I was living in New York. So living in a small place, trying mm-hmm. to make nail polish, probably not the healthiest <laughs> choice. It's like huffing all those chemicals. <laughs> exactly. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Cause I really don't have like the space to facilitate something like this with that. So gave that up pretty quickly. Um, I tried crocheting. That was not for me. Um, I feel like just knitting I've tried, but I was like, not, I couldn't really get into it. Like I would be so excited to start something and I would get like a quarter of the way through, maybe halfway through. And I'm like, no, like I'm just not finding that enjoyment. And when I started quilting, like, don't get me wrong. There was definitely like, it probably took me like six months, six to eight months to finish my first quilt. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I could whip that out. No problem now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But when I first started, like it did take me a little while. And then after I made that first one, I was like, okay, I'm ready for my next one. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And I feel like after that, I just totally like dove in
0: like broke the seal.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is my thing. Like, I feel like I've, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 35 this year. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it's taken me this long to like find my thing and I'm okay with that. Some people find it much earlier. Some people find it so much later. So I'm like, I'm just very excited to have found something that I'm super passionate about. So,
0: yeah. And so you started, you took your first quilting class in 2020. So what was that? Like, what was the class like specifically? Was it to help you make that first quilt or was it just like basics?
1: Yeah. So basically I saw lo and behold, um, Pinterest, Picture and I was like, okay, click on this. I need more information. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I started following her on Instagram, and then I saw this was like right when she was announcing her beginner quilting academy course, and I was like, okay. I was like, thinking about it, and then my fiance ended up buying me a sewing machine for Christmas. Mm. So I started making like some fleece blankets, and I was like, this is pretty boring, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like this isn't the greatest. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sign up for the class, and so I did. Um. And it, like I said, it did take me a couple months because there was definitely, we've moved a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a move in between like when I was making that quilt. So that kind of like probably extended it a little more than it would have normally. But yeah, I signed up for that class. I thought it was great. She covers so much stuff. Um, And I was just so excited. I was like, okay, let's go. Made my first quilt. And I look at it now and like, it's so nice to have a reference point of like where you first started because mm-hmm. I look back at that quilt. I have it in my living room. You know, I look yeah. at it every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, this is so nice to see like how much my skills have progressed. I feel like a lot of people go into quilting and like, they're like, okay, I'm going to make this like perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a perfectionist at heart. So what <laughs> was a little tough? Cause I was like finding all the faults and everything that I was doing. But then when I was done, I was like, holy crap. I made this like I made something tangible that's beautiful. it might not be perfect and like that's okay. yeah you know? but being able to look at that it just makes me happy like my binding was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I was like, you know I, I look at it and I'm just like still so proud. Yeah. and I like seeing like the most recent stuff I've made and just looking at at the difference and just being really proud of like the time and the effort and all that stuff that I've put in to just grow this skill for myself. So
0: that's so cool. Yeah. This, I sleep with my first like two quilts that I ever made. They're on my bed every night and same thing. I'm like, Oh, that seems popping. Oh, that <laughs> binding's coming off. Like cool. Yeah. But it's like stuff I could fix if I really, if it gets bad enough, you know, and yeah. then the binding on this one, because the one that's hanging behind me is like the third quilt I ever made
1: Aww, and the, great.
0: Thanks. Yeah. From three, like it's a three foot rule. Like if you get too close, it's like a hot mess, but if it's like far away, it looks great. And so the binding, I accidentally cut it at two inches instead of two and a half. And so it's fugly. (laughs) It's so bad. And I'm like, Oh, but you know, it's like you live and learn. And I can look at that now and go, Oh my God, my, like my I've grown so much just in the last six years. Like it's crazy how fast your skills build when you just keep at it. 100%.
1: 100%. And I feel like a lot of people, and I definitely am at fault for being in this mindset of like wanting to start something and just instantly mastering it. Like mm-hmm. I have this like huge misconception in my brain that I'm like, okay, I'm starting something new. I'm just going to knock this out of the park. So I don't often like always give myself enough grace. And I feel like a lot of people can find themselves in that headspace of like, this is just too hard. You know, this is just not looking like what I want it to look like. So they give up mm-hmm. and I'm like, always my internal dialogue is like always pushing myself to like keep going and if it's not perfect that's okay you know like I think quilts are meant to be loved so if they're not perfect like that's just something that makes it unique yeah makes it special so
0: yeah that's what I tell people too because like I've been you know people will bring their quilts for us to long arm and they're like oh it's not I'm like don't talk about your quilt like that like all yeah. it ever did was want to be loved <laughs> like yeah you made it with intention and you made it for this person or for yourself and like you're gonna love it even if your points don't match or if you cut off some of your points because you didn't have enough room or whatever the fact you know whatever the case is yeah you're still gonna love that quilt and it's still gonna get used no matter what and like those imperfections are just you in that quilt like if every quilt came out looking exactly perfect, exactly the same, it would completely remove the human element from it. And yes, it's a very human activity. So. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it's, it's totally a labor of love. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I've sent myself to my long armor, I'm always like, don't look at the back. You know, (laughs) I, I always see like these pictures on Instagram of like someone's backing and like all the threads are perfectly trimmed. The pressing is immaculate. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I don't look like that. But you know what? Like once it's long arm, you're not gonna see it. So no
0: one sees it because it's hidden in the sandwich, and you can't ever see it again. Yeah. So who cares? Good for yeah, you, but you. no, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: And my long armers like listen. He's like, I don't judge anyone's you know quilts. He's like, it's really not like what I do. So I'm like, no. I'm like, okay, I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Especially like as a new quilter, when I sent my first one out. I was so nervous, like, and now I look back and I'm like, I never want to use my domestic to to quilt anything ever again.
0: Right.
1: It, you know, it's so easy to just send something to him. And I appreciate the amount of work that it takes to long arm something. I've been renting some time um, at my local quilt shop on mm-hmm. their long arm. And I'm like, this is a lot to just load the quilt itself. That's a lot of work. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, oh, crap. I'm like, I'm like, how does he do this? And like, he can load a quilt in like 30 minutes or something like that. And I'm over there like an hour in and I'm like, I think I did this <laughs> wrong way, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I know it's like very much like a, a learned thing and a learned skill. And I'm like, I just appreciate all the work that has to go in when you get something long-armed. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. And as a long-armer, like it definitely, you know, Some things just take the time that they take, but there are little bits and pieces that get faster as you go along. And yeah. And so that's nice, but yeah, like, I think when you have long armed your own quilts and then you get your quilts long armed, you know, from someone else, that appreciation, I feel like, is there more than people who just are toppers and then they bring their quilts and then they're just like, well, just do it. And I'm like, Do you understand what you're asking? Like, cause there are some times where it's like, you know, there are certain things about the quilt that make it really hard to long arm and make Mm -hmm. it look good because there's too much volume. It wasn't squared up or whatever and no judgment, but like us at the same time, it's like those things matter. And unless you have loaded a quilt and quilted it yourself, or even on your domestic, like yeah, it makes a huge difference. And so when you have firsthand knowledge of what that takes, then it, I think it makes a big difference. in like knowing yeah. what you're asking of your lover.
1: <laughs> I had one quilt that I had made and it had a lot of like bias cuts. So it was like very stretchy and he somehow like worked this magic because it was not remotely square. And I'm, like, I'm like, I appreciate you so much for like taking the time to figure out how to make this work. I was like, you know, I, there was other things I probably should have done to that quilt to make sure that it was more like structured and sound. But at the time, like that was, you know, I'm, I'm still like a relatively new quilter. So for me, I'm like, this is all just a learning process. Right. You know, I, I do like feel very privileged that I'm able to send my quilts out to be long-armed because I know that that's something that isn't feasible for everyone. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think there's like, I went to a quilt con this past year and just seeing everything on display, there was so much stuff that was just like matched to quilted, and it just made everything stand out so much more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm like, I really like, there's so much appreciation just around everything that everyone does, even if it's long armed, if it's, you know, quilted on the domestic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and I feel like that's important to talk about because like long arming is so popular and it's like oh just send it just send it you know not everyone can afford to get their stuff long armed, and so I'm like very grateful that I can do that for myself but there definitely is a lot of beauty in quilting something yourself too
0: yeah for sure and and people do amazing things on their domestics it's like if that is what your tool is then master that and make it you know make it what it is or you know make it what you can make it with what you have and i think that is something about quilting that's so great is that you can get in to it for relatively low stakes like you don't have to have a super expensive machine you don't have to have a super expensive long arm machine like you don't have to have a long arm period like you can do it all from your your domestic sewing machine and and it can be so beautiful and and stunning and win awards and it doesn't that, have to be you know, a high stakes thing.
1: Yeah. I watched so many people who are into free motion quilting and I've like not opened that door yet and gone down that path, but I watched them and I'm like amazed every single time. I'm like, I don't know how you do this and your stuff looks so good. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing to just watch that stuff. And, and even with like custom quilting on the long arm, that's like, I'm, I could watch those videos for like hours and hours of people doing <laughs> that. Cause it's just so amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's so much talent and time and effort that this person has put in to get, you know, where they're at. I feel like that's not just something you can like pick up in a
0: day. It takes so much time. I, yeah, yeah, we definitely don't do free motion custom because we can set up custom like motifs and designs and stuff with the computer on our machine but yeah I do I get sucked into watching people long arm too anyway yeah it just takes a lot of time and skill and and having like the right machine for it because like the machine I have is so heavy and it's really great at doing computerized design and custom work that way through the computer but to do free motion is like the loops and swoops and meandering is totally fine. But if I were to try to go custom, like super tiny detail, I couldn't do it. I've tried and tried and tried. And it's just like, she's so heavy. (laughs) Like Mildred, why are you so heavy? Um, we have an APQS Millie 30. Okay. So the biggest machine that APQS sells. (laughs) So they have smaller ones that would be fantastic for free motion, long arming like that, but that's just not, that's not the business that we set up, which is fine. Like it leaves room for those custom quilters to have, you know, have jobs or whatever. I don't know. Not that that's like single-handedly what I've done for the community, but like <laughs> I've left space for you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm talking. No, about I know it like- I know what you mean.
1: I just actually booked my first, um, custom quilt with someone so I'm getting that ready now. And I'm just like, so excited. Yeah. Get something custom quilted. Cause I've never, you know, done that before. So I'm like, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm so ready, you know? Yeah. And there's just so many talented people out there that I'm like, okay, you're on my list next. You're on my list.
0: <laughs> you know? Right. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, I think too, it feels hard to like, there are so many quilters and like long armors out there it's like oh my gosh there's all this competition but then at the same time I'm like we're so busy like it's obviously still a large need in the quilting community as a whole that like you know we're busy other long armors are super busy and I think I think the more kind of in home or like smaller businesses that pop up that can do it the better because like you know quilt shops like proper shops can only do so much like they can't do custom they can't do you know time-consuming jobs because they've got the queue to keep up with and they have to keep quilts cranking through their shop instead of whereas you know like I can take the time to set up a custom design with somebody and you know or a custom free motion long armor they can really that's their their purpose is to take the time with your quilt and really make your art stand out with their art and it's a true collaboration so yes um
1: I anyway. was just going to say that it feels very much like a collaboration anytime I've gotten something long-armed like it's just such a cool idea and like process of like okay my quilt has gone through this like life cycle of me piecing it and then you know I had help from my long armor to like make this vision come true and It's, it's interesting. Like when I often get quilts back from being long armed, Mm -hmm. I'm always like, oh my gosh, this looks like there's like this whole different dimension that I just, that wasn't there when I sent it. And now I got it back and I'm like, it's like, it has this whole new life to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Like gives it a personality almost like, yeah, it's so fun. And then when you have like a great relationship with your long armor, like there's nothing better. Cause it's like, you can try, like give them your quilt and know that when you get it back, it's going to be exactly who it's supposed to be. Like as if it's a person, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to have like the, the, the feeling and the, the life in it that you want from it. And so like, I, I made a solo episode a while back about like what, how to prep for long arming. And a lot of people messaged me back and were like, thank you so much for this. Like I'm a long armor, and you put it so well. Or like, you know, thanks. Now I know how to better communicate with my long armor. Like, yeah, I think there's a real want and desire out there for quilters and long armors to like really have that relationship because it is truly a relationship. So I love that you found that because
1: it is. I'm like so obsessed with my long armor, <laughs> and I don't need to like talk about him the whole time. He's just he has been such like an amazing resource for me, just in quilting in general, like yeah. I literally text him all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, how do you do this? Or what would you do in this scenario? And like, he always gives me the best advice. And I just cherish the relationship I have with him so much.
0: Yeah. And I'm like,
1: I'm like, I don't know, you know, I don't even know if, if I didn't meet him, like would I even have gotten a quilt long-armed by now, like, I don't know, you know, yeah. so it, it makes me sad that people don't have that because I truly have like the best relationship with him and yeah has helped me grow so much as a a quilter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's like so important to have those relationships, whether it's your long armor or just another quilter around that you can ask because yeah, I like thankfully have my mom to lean on or my besties because they all quilt also. And I, you know, have made pretty good relationships at the local quilt shops here, but just having that person that you can be like I'm stuck I don't know how to fix this and just text them and they're like oh just do this and you're like oh thank god (laughs) like I'm not stuck like I have I have resources to rely on so that's really cool
1: yeah definitely it's just like I'll literally ask him like Okay, how, like, how do you finish your binding, you know, this way? Like, what do you do mm-hmm. in this scenario? And he'll be like, okay, let me send you a quick video or let me FaceTime you. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for you. Like, yeah. I just just having like that, that community, like he's very much a huge part of the community for me. Yeah. And I think it's, sometimes that's hard for people to find, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I get it. Like finding your people is definitely tough. Um, Especially if you find yourself falling kind of outside of the typical like niche of quilting
0: mm-hmm.
1: it can be a challenge and so I found him and I was like okay I was like I love you yeah <laughs> he helped me so much and it's so funny because we actually just met in person at Quilcon cool mm. and walking around with him everyone was like Orlando Orlando like everyone loved him and knew him and I'm oh like gosh he's just such a great human oh yeah and it's, so it, cool. it's nice to see like everyone else having that same experience with him too.
0: Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, it's not just me. Like this is, he's that for a lot of people. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But you're not like, it is kind of nice to see that too. Cause it's like, you might like, especially if you're like not person to person with somebody, it's like, are they really this way? So then meeting them and seeing that like, Oh, it matches up. It's like such a relieving feeling of like, Oh good. They are this person for real. Like I've put my trust in somebody who is a genuine human, like they're not yeah. pulling the wool over my eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And he is like, 100% is who he is and shows up every day like that. And I'm like, yeah. I just adore him. So
0: that's awesome. Is that where the inspiration for your sticker that I love my long armor sticker came from?
1: <laughs> yes, literally? Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's was like, goodness. Oh my God because I, you know, I had no like plans to like get into selling stickers or anything, but with like the idea of going to QuiltCon, I was like, I want to have something that I can hand out to people because in social situations, I'm like very quiet. I -hmm. don't always seem like the friendliest, but it's just because I'm shy. I'm like a little shy. So I'm maybe if I have these and take these with me, it's like an excuse for people to like come say hi and vice versa. So we can like swap stickers yeah. and maybe it's like helps break that ice. So then I was like, okay, I was like, it's important for me to, to have some on my website, because I know that like majority of people aren't able to go to QuiltCon, right? Like yeah. I yeah. want them to be able to have a way to get these too. So I listed them on my website and I was like, okay, let's just see what happens. But yeah, I was brainstorming some ideas and I was like, I need to have, I love my long armor sticker because it's true.
0: (laughs) It's so cute. I freaking love it. I was like, Oh, I love this. Like I am my own long armor, so I could buy it for myself, but (laughs) (laughs) no, but I did recently order some stickers because you have the quilting is for everyone sticker. Mm -hmm. And, um, my bestie Jen, her birthday was at the beginning or no, sorry. At the end of this month. I can't talk. Her birthday is at the end of March. There we go. And so I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, like I want that sticker. And then I was like, no better time to order four of them. So me and my besties can all have one. And so I waited until her birthday to give them to like everybody, like pass them out. And they all were like, oh my God, yes. And we like immediately put them on our machines because we were having a sewing party, obviously. Um (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm so so
1: jealous. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I'm glad they love them. Yeah.
0: They, they were like, these are so stinking cute. And like, yeah, they're all big advocates for LGBTQIA equality. And, you know, so we were just like, when I told them like, you know, these stickers go to support, they were like, oh my God, yes. Thank you so much. And they were just like immediately on our machines and we were like ready to quilt. It was so nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So. I work um, for a retailer that also donates a lot to the Trevor Project. Okay. And, like thinking about, you know, the stickers I want to make and kind of just like the outlook that I have on quilting. I was like, I really want to make something that like is just welcoming for everybody. Yeah so I thought about it. And as I was like getting ready to list the stickers on my site, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just feel like I have to do something different with this one. And mm-hmm. it would be an amazing thing to just take all the profits that I get from this sticker and be able to donate it to the Trevor Project because they're just such an amazing organization. They mm-hmm. had um, They had presented at my work, I think it was like a year ago. And just kind of the stuff that they talked about. Like I was in tears the whole time. Thank goodness this was like a remote thing <laughs> because I would have been sobbing if it was in person. But yeah. it was just amazing to just hear, you know, the vision that they have for the Trevor Project. And for people mm-hmm. who don't know, you know, what the Trevor Project is, um, it's basically like a whole group of people that are are dedicated to helping out, you know, LGBTQIA, um, the community and providing um, resources and a hotline, you know, so if you're ever mm-hmm. struggling, you can call into them and they can kind of like walk you through different things and be there to support you. And that just, it's always been a, a, you know, a subject that I've cared about literally ever since I can remember. Um, and so I'm just happy that I'm able to, to be able to take these stickers in and donate that money.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, that was like, not only are they stinking cute and good quality, like I was so excited about like, they're just like nice. They go on so nice. They're thick and they don't feel like they're going to just peel off. But, um, just like knowing that I can get a cute sticker and that it's going to go to help, a uh, cause that I, you know, I wholeheartedly support. It's like, heck yeah, let's, you know, I know it's like, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, but you're, you know, you're just donating so you can get something. It's like, I mean, yeah, but also like, why not? Yeah. Why not like help your business and support them at the same time and get something cute from it? Like, you know, like, I know I can just donate, but also I want to show that I did donate. Like, I want people to ask about it and be like, oh my gosh, where'd you get this sticker? So then I can say, and you can get one too, and you can go donate. You know, by purchasing the sticker from this really cute girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just like when I was making the sticker, I was like, I just don't, I didn't feel right profiting off of it. Like, period. I was like going back and forth, and I'm like, I don't know. I just, for Mm -hmm. me, it just doesn't feel right. Like quilting is very much a hobby for me, although I would love to see it eventually transition into something bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, you know, this one just feels different, and I just felt like going the donation was like the right thing to do. And so I'm, I'm glad I did it. Um, and I'm glad that other people have been buying it and, you know, helping me be able to make these donations too. You know, that's half of it, right? I can yeah. say I can make these donations, but if no one's buying it, you know, <laughs> be able to, to do that. So, you know, it definitely helps.
0: Yeah. So, well, hopefully more people buy it now once they hear this, cause it's so cute and yeah, yeah. I just want everybody to buy your stickers. <laughs>
1: like I need to do some actual like marketing for it because I've not really posted anything on my feed. I've mm-hmm. talked about it in my stories a little bit and you know posted a little bit about the Trevor project but I'm like I need to get on it, you know, but mm-hmm. it always feels like there's a million things to do and yeah. I'm always somehow behind.
0: Me <laughs> so too. Me too. I'll get
1: to it. I'll get to it one day, I hope.
0: Yeah. I planning content is like my weakest point in just my business as a whole. So I think hopefully eventually one day I want to be able to hire somebody to help me. But like right now I literally do everything. So I'm like, I don't know how people have time for this. And I'm like, Oh, right. They hire teams. Like that's yeah. how
1: scheduling content. I don't know. It's hard for me too. like, I, I don't know if it's like a I've been diagnosed with ADD since I was like super, super young. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, when I come into like my space to work on stuff, I feel like I have to just let myself work on whatever's like pulling me, whatever's pulling me towards that project. So for me, I feel like when I step outside of like, okay, well, I have to get this done. Like I need to do this somehow, like the joy just isn't there. Right. (laughs) just like slowly disappears. And then I'm like, why am I doing this again? (laughs) So I feel like with scheduled content, it's really hard for me to get on board with it because it just feels like too forced and too like rigid for me where I'm like, this is my, my happy bubble and my happy space of like, where I get to have a good time and like, just think about all the great things that are happening and the cool things I'm making and seeing everything else that everyone's making, you know? Yeah this is very much like my happy bubble, but I understand that there's like very big realities outside of that and topics, especially in quilting that like deserve to be talked about. Um, So it's it's hard, but scheduling content, I feel like when you're running a business is probably a good thing. It's just, it's just hard.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, I also have to do the bookkeeping and i also have to take care of invoicing and i also have to take care of actually making the quilts and quilting them and i also have to go buy all the stuff i need and i also have to it's like when in there am i going to make content you know and it's just it's tricky but you know for the people who can accomplish it good for you
1: <laughs> i know my one friend she like schedules her stuff a month out Mm-hmm. I'm like I I don't know how you do this. Like I'm amazed by her when she's like showing me everything she has scheduled, and I'm like, can you do this for me? <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't get on board with it, but yeah. some people love it, and I'm like, I'm proud of you. You know, yeah. like it's amazing that you can set aside the time and like really have enough content to have scheduled. I think that's something I struggle with too. Is like, yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like a slow quilter or a slow sewer, but I often feel like Instagram very much gives like this idea that like people are just whipping stuff out so fast. Right. And maybe they are. And, but I feel like that's very much like the main thing I see. I'm like, oh my God, another finished quilt, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, geez, I'm like, I'm still working on my quilt that I've been working on for like a month now. And you know, this person has like two finished and. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: No, for sure. And like, and I think you're right. The, like the whole social media aspect kind of makes time feel like it is sped up. Cause it's like, I look at things and I'm like, didn't that person just have a baby, but they're celebrating their first birthday. You know, it's like just little things like that, that I'm like, wait, what, how did, so it's like maybe perception wise it's not going as fast as we think it is but I also do think that people have stuff behind the scenes already done so that when they present it it like comes across like they've done something so quickly whereas maybe they spent a few months making those two quilts and then just when they you know it's like the timing of releasing of everything and I know I see like you know, content creator coaches be like, oh, you need to just set aside a day and make a month of content in one day. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do that.
1: (laughs) See, but what's interesting is I feel like quilting can't fit into that box of like, like take a day and make a month's worth of content. Like we would have to have like five people with us to working on the same quilt. You know what I mean? Like to be able to make that much content. So I feel like, and I think this kind of, probably relatable to other artists and like different art forms Mm -hmm. is art like our art just takes time and Instagram isn't built to you know we're not built to keep up with Instagram and Instagram just you know it's just go 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 so Mm -hmm. it's it feels like an impossible task of like always staying on top of everything and like having all this stuff done and ready and everything picture perfect It's it can be very overwhelming you know like I always try to remind myself like Okay, I'm doing this because I love it and because I enjoy it. I don't have to have you know, posts every day. I don't have to even post every week. You know, a lot of stuff I I do talk about like in my stories and giving updates there, I feel like works for me and it, you know, it doesn't yeah. always have to be something on the on your feed, but I get that it very much feels like that. And I know a lot of my friends that I talk to very much feel that like pressure, And it almost like stops them from creating sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like they're like, it's just too much. I'm never going to be able to, you know, keep up with this and making reels is so hard. And, you know, just having constant content, it just feels like very impossible. So I'm like, no, I'm like, just do what's making you happy Mm -hmm. and just post what you have. Like the idea of it being perfect and picking a trending audio and using the right hashtags and posting Right time where Instagram Instagram may love you that day and like push your reel out to more people. You know, it's like you're kind of up against a losing battle. So just do what you love and the people will find you. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's it too. Is like you get in this rat race of thinking that you have to do things a certain way. The algorithm, the algorithm. And I'm like, fuck the algorithm. Like just post stuff when you have it and don't post if you don't have it. And like I think it does end up killing the joy for a lot of people cuz they're focused on making content instead of like working on their hobby or their craft or even if they've turned it into a business like yeah and then the burnout happens and it's like no this is supposed to be something that like is is a like rescue from the burnout like is a a Place where you can relax and feel accomplished, and just work on something that makes you happy. And you know, even as a business, it's like I get to pick and choose what I take on. And if I don't want to make a quilt for somebody, then I don't. Like, if it looks like something I don't, I'm not interested in doing, then I'll just say, "I'm so sorry, I can't do that right now." And I know that sounds crazy, but like, like why would you turn away business? Well, because I get to. <laughs> like, I, I think sometimes there's a lot of revolutionary things happening in workplace like and even with owning your own business like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. but I think there are a lot of old thought processes still connected and so that like you always have to be producing you always have to be creating you always have to be pushing something out and like work yourself to death and I'm like not here for it (laughs) so and I like push my mom too because she's you know, running a business with her is great and it's so fun, but it's in her house, and so I think sometimes she feels like she has to always be working. And I'm like, lady, this is your home as well as where we run our business. It doesn't mean that you have to be doing business 24 seven. Like, give yourself a weekend, take your evenings if you want to sober yourself, do that, but don't work. Like, I'm not working when I go home, you know. So it's like, why, why are you putting the pressure on yourself? But it's just that old thinking of just like you owe the world something because you're creating, you made a business. And so now you're, you're the slave of your, your clients, but really it's like, no, yeah. you get to make your own boundaries and you get to decide what you do and don't do. And, and I think the more we off, like it's that authenticity piece again, right? Like I authentically show up as myself and myself has boundaries for my time and what I can and can't do. So anyway, yeah.
1: No, I think it's important because I feel like there's been certain like situations where I'm like, I want to say no to this, but I feel like so obligated to say yes. And I'm like, why am I like this? You know, like, it's okay to say no, like, no, I can't, you know, fit that in or, you know, no, I'm just not interested, you know, and my sister has been trying to get me into the mindset of just saying like, no, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't always have to provide like this long explanation. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how have I not realized that that you can just be like, oh no, no, thank you.
0: You know, Uh, I can tell you. So as a fellow ADD person and anxiety sister, like it is a huge like indicator of like ADD, ADHD and anxiety of just like over-explaining yourself, being so worried. It's like people pleasing and you're trying to like fight that like disappointment of like feeling like you've disappointed someone else, but also feeling disappointed in yourself. Like mm-hmm. I've had to fight it too, like hard. And so ha- even the fact that I am okay with setting boundaries in business has like been so crazy. And then I'm pushing my mom to do the same. Cause she, again, like I learned
1: it from somewhere and <laughs> you know,
0: she's like, Oh, I never realized I have no boundaries. I'm like
1: weird. Neither do I, but <laughs> you are just like, yes, I want to help you. Yes. I want to, you know, do all these things at the same time. Like you have to protect yourself, your time, your space, you know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff is so important. So it's definitely, definitely a learning lesson for me. Like I'm still very much learning, you know, how to say no. And like, like pattern testing, I'm like, I would love to test for you, but like so much time and like the schedule for me, like anything that's like rigid, I'm like, you know how many sew-alongs I've signed up for and never done. I've not even gone past the picking out the fabric stage. So I'm like, anytime I sign up for something, I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure. Yeah, and I don't like. I don't know how to work around that right now. So like for now, I'm just saying no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, I think yeah. Okay, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and I kind of was in the same boat where I was testing a bunch for Caterina Rochella, and like, I did a, I say a bunch. I think in total it was like five one like say one two three so I guess four patterns but it was just like one one right after the other and like the first two I did full quilts and then the last two one I just made one block from the whole quilt because it was just like a repeating like once you made the block that that like idea just repeated throughout the whole quilt and then the of uh, the last one I did was I just did the baby version because I was like, I can't commit to making a huge quilt because the first one was fine. I did fine on the timeline, but the second one was so much bigger. Like yeah. it, you know, I think she called it a throw size, but it's like 80 by 90 or something. Like it's huge. And so, um, but I was like up against the wire on that one and I was like, oh my God. And so then I was like, well, I'll just do the smaller ones. But then that made me go, oh, I've got more time because. They're, they're smaller, so I don't have to like be as like on it. And that just, I was like, that's not fair because I'm supposed to be helping her. But at the same time, like I'm just like failing in that because I'm so far behind everyone else. They're like posting finished tops. and I'm still like, I'm
1: still sewing my blocks together. like, yeah, and then you get like this like sense of guilt where you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm not able to do this for them on time. And then you just feel bad. And Mm -hmm. I don't, it's hard. Testing is not easy. Testers deserve a lot of love, you know?
0: Yeah. It isn't easy because you're not just making a quilt. You're combing through the directions. You're back and forth with the group and the the creator. And and you have to be mindful of what you're doing so that in taking notes while you're going so that you can, you know, pass that along and that for me would just became too overwhelming and so I just had to be like I'm so sorry I can't do this right now like if I get to a point where I feel like I can then I'll jump back in the group but
1: yeah
0: it was fun and I'm so proud of the quilts I made and they're beautiful and the patterns are amazing and and really easy to follow which is so nice but I'm just like I can't do it
1: it's definitely, it's a lot. And I feel like there's very much like this, like people pleasing element to, you know, getting this stuff done on time. Like you want to make people happy and you want to say, yeah, I would love to do that for you. You know, yeah. And so that's been something like I've been trying to, you know, mentally work through as well. Um, I had talked a little bit on my stories about like a very controversial topic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know it's controversial, but you know, for me, it was just like an everyday, like, it's just another day of me talking about quilting stuff on my stories. Like it wasn't anything like, oh, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to say this because I want to stir the pot. No, it's just me being me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had talked about like memberships and classes and referral codes. And, you know, the whole idea kind of like talking about quilting and, and reels and keeping up with Instagram, like, I feel like we constantly are putting ourselves like, this is the industry standard. So let's force ourselves to fit into that box and let's do everything else that everyone else is doing because that's what everyone else is doing. And my whole thought was like, why? You know, quilting is so different. Quilting is a long process. It's a labor of love. Like, you know, having memberships I think can be great. And I think some memberships are great. Mm -hmm. And I I think the main issue for me was like, how do you find that information to know, like, is this course worth it when people are pumping out referral codes? Like, how do I know that that feedback is authentic and genuine and that I'm going to get what I need out of this class because people were just trying to make money off of the referral code. Mm-hmm. And so people were very upset with me that really? I really, <laughs> very upset with me that I was talking about this <laughs> and it kind of like put me in such a weird mental space because I was like, people are like, I've never had my stories viewed as much as that time. And so I was like, people are obviously talking about it. I had people messaging me. I probably got over like a hundred DMs. What? (laughs) Yes. It was so crazy because like I said, to me, it was like just another day of me talking on my Instagram about quilting. Like I do all the time. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of get that feedback and, and see that people like, A lot of people were supportive and then there were some that weren't so supportive, which is fair. And my whole thing was like, I get that everyone has an opinion and I'm not saying mine is right. I'm just putting my opinion out there. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I felt like it was important for me to put my opinion out there is because I know there's so many other people feeling the same way I do and they're just scared to talk about it. And I think like having constructive conversations is hard, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's hateful. You know what I mean? And a lot of people were like taking it to this extreme, like they're coming on my page, they're seeing, you know, a two minute video of me and they're making a judgment based off of what I'm saying Mm -hmm. about, you know, a subject that I've like tried to tread so carefully talking about. Cause I wasn't trying to be mean. I wasn't trying to be like this person sucks (laughs) because they're code, you know, I'm like, no, for me, for me personally, like looking at a class and being like, okay, this class is expensive, you know, like you know, whatever class it is you're putting, that's an investment that you're making in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to figure out, like, am I making the right investment? Like, is this the right, you know, learning style? Is this the right teaching style that I need? You know, it's just really hard to find those resources. And it was just a wild time. And the whole people pleasing thing, like really got to me. Cause I was like, I can't believe people are like, <laughs> you know, mad about what I said when I was like, treading around the conversation like so delicately and mm-hmm. I was like it's just like really sucks to so, like I just feel like I've made people mad expressing how I feel about something
0: yeah
1: it's, it's been like hard to to deal with because I <laughs> I yeah. feel like my like a, a lot of it was me being genuine me being curious me putting myself out there and it wasn't to like gain attention or Right. The pot, like I said, I'm like, I want to speak up for the new cultures that they look at this class, that's a thousand dollars. And they're like, for me to be able to afford that, that's like a, you know, a huge deal, but right, it's just a lot. Yeah. No,
0: I agree with you. And I think, you know, there are some, like you said, there are some memberships or some subscriptions or th- some things that are definitely worth it. You get your money's worth for sure. But yes. there are some things out there that it's like, yeah, like people are just pushing it because yeah, they're going to make money off of it, or they're going to get some kickback for it. And I know that that's how like capitalism works, but like, do we really have to turn the quilting community into that as well? Like, I feel like, again, that it it is supposed to be like a respite. It's supposed to be a creative outlet. And so when we when we bring that capitalism aspect into it and just start forcing, you know, codes and selling people constantly, like force it down their throats. Like it loses some of that shiny, like feeling of like, Oh, I feel really good about doing this. Or like, Oh, I feel really good about, you know, being a part of this situation. It's like, yeah, you have to be just like in anything else. You got to find your people and align yourself with the people who, you know, share, share your beliefs. And, and it's okay that not everybody does like I'm not saying that everybody has to be on the same page all the time. Cause that's just not reality, but, yeah, but to then like jump down somebody's throat because they're expressing their genuine thoughts and feelings. Like that's a them problem. Ultimately, like they maybe felt called out. Maybe they don't necessarily feel good about what they're doing. And so hearing somebody say, I don't like this makes them feel even guiltier. So then they're going to try to make you feel bad. You know, it's like, there's a ton of reasons why those people could be complaining about you complaining.
1: (laughs) It It was weird and just like very it like fumbled into this very unexpected like conversation in my DMs and I'm like I wish more people would talk about stuff like this because I feel like Mm -hmm. destructive conversations are okay they're okay to have
0: you know Yeah, and they are uncomfortable just like you said like I think that's another problem that people have is we've gotten into this zone of like you can't say anything you can't argue with people you can't stand up for yourself even though like it's like a two-edged sword because like on one hand, it's like, yes, speak up, like live in your truth, whatever. But then the minute you do and someone doesn't agree with you, then they want you to shut up. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. Like you're going to feel uncomfortable sometimes if, if you're hearing someone's truth and it resonates in your body for some reason, like that's something for you to maybe look at and explore. Like, why does this make me uncomfortable? And so if we're going to grow our society in the sense of like, not being the like, no, just stuff you the feelings, don't talk about them. Like if we're going to expand and grow our conscious, consciousness and be more open and more vulnerable and ultimately more accepting, then like we have to have those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And like.
1: it's It's so true. Like, I just feel like, the times I've taken classes, like I've had no problem sharing my experience and letting kind of like the class speak for itself. Like, and I just wish other people would give that room for people to be able to do that naturally. Cause I feel like if what you're putting out there is good, it's going to be, you know, the feedback is just going to reciprocate, you know, it's just going to be like this you know circle of like evolution like oh I took this this is what I was able to accomplish by taking this class and like this is what I've learned and there yeah. are some classes like I said I, I took a class to learn how to quilt because it was something that was bundled up nicely for me to intake as much as I wanted to when I could mm-hmm. and always refer back to that and that worked for me you know and yeah. I like and I very much liked the teaching style of Brittany and and she did a phenomenal job with that course. So I'm like, I just wish people would let, you know, let, let it speak for itself. Um, yeah. 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 But I feel like we're very much as a society, like not to, I don't want to go into politics. (laughs) No, It's very much like, okay, you're, you're one or the other, like Mm -hmm. there's no, you're either this or you're either that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, why can't we have conversations to like maybe meet in the middle somewhere? Like I respect your opinions and about, you know, quilting stuff and like, it's okay. If yours aren't the same as mine, like right. that's, that's what makes it beautiful. Like I love to hear other people's opinions and knowing that we're not all the same. We don't ingest information the same. We don't learn the same way. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, yeah.
0: Like there's room for all of us to be exactly who we are. And consume how we consume and also present ourselves how we want to. And like, and it is uncomfortable sometimes and that's okay. Cause I think we've all grown up in certain ways and we've all had certain exposures to whatever life is, wherever we're at at that moment. But like, that doesn't mean that nothing else exists or can exist. And yeah, same thing with quilting. Like I love hearing what people What people do that's different than what I do, because I don't, I know, I know I don't know everything. I don't know jack shit compared to so many people, but like I'm here for it. I want to hear everything. I want to know how, you know, how differently you do your binding or how, you know, whatever. I don't even know like piecing techniques and different things because I know I don't know it all. And, and I think it just takes that step of like stepping back from your ego and saying, it's okay that I don't know everything. I'm not stupid. It doesn't make me bad. It's like, like morally neutral. And I think unfortunately for our society, we've viewed like the idea, like (laughs) I've talked about it a few times, but, um, I don't know if you've heard of Vivian Kay, but she is Uh, like an entrepreneur and she does like coaching for business small business and she's freaking hilarious so if you don't follow her you should go find her but she talks about her like she trademarked the the phrase what would Chad do and it's like if a mediocre white man can walk into his boss's office and get the job that you are overqualified for and he's underqualified for then you can go ask for it too like it's just that idea that like we look up to we're used to, I guess, not all of us do, but people have looked up to like the people who walk into the room and act like they know everything Mm -hmm. instead of like honoring and valuing the vulnerability of somebody to say, I know some things, but I don't know everything. And I'm willing to learn. And I think that to me with the people I'm trying to surround myself with, like that is high on their value list versus the other, the audacity of a white man.
1: (laughs) It's funny because like can take something like very specific, like binding, Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: there's a million different ways you can do binding. And when I first started, I thought, okay, there's one way, like, this is the one way that I learned. So this is how I should do it for the rest (laughs) of my goals, right? Like, no, there's so many things. Like I have this little, I have the simplicity bias tape maker Mm -hmm. and you your fabric through and it folds in half and irons it for you. Like there's so so many things that you can like do differently when it comes to binding. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like this is one tiny aspect of like finishing your quilt. Yeah. And there's a million different ways to do it. And everyone has their preferred way. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool to see the different ways that people do things. And I think that it's just important to be like open to people and them being different than you, you yeah know?
0: absolutely absolutely and I think ultimately that's like what I want from the quilty space is like for everybody to just open up and let everybody in and and at whatever level they're at and whatever skills they have like just welcome them with open arms what is it going to hurt you know yeah like I think it's, for
1: me like having social media, my, like, main goal is to inspire other people to start quilting, Mm -hmm. because, like, that's how I, I was, like, okay, this looks cool, like, I want to learn how to do this, and I just want to do that for other people, because I feel like quilting can be such a great tool Mm -hmm. for, like, me mentally, although, unfortunately, it doesn't solve all my problems. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know it's a great tool so I'm like I want to do that I want to provide like inspiration for people to be like okay I can do this like I want to learn how to do this this looks nothing like what I thought quilting would look like you know mm-hmm. and so I think yeah. a, thing that's like so important to me is like I want people to just do it just start quilting I don't care if you're I started on a 200 dollar machine you know yeah. you don't have anything fancy anything special like
0: yeah yeah Yep. I'm the same. I'm like if somehow I've inspired somebody to start quilting in some way, like that's all we really hope for and to keep the keep the craft alive and and let it evolve into what it's going to evolve into and but also give a voice to people to say, "Hey, this is an aspect of this this community of people that probably could change for the better. And let's work towards that as a, as a group and not just let it die off because nobody cared enough about it to say, Hey, this isn't going to work if we're going to carry this into the future. And, and also, yeah, to like, let people know you don't have to spend a shit ton of money just to get into it. Like my freaking my machine, <laughs> my little brother costs a hundred dollars and I still yeah. sew on it today because it works. That's all that matters. If you have a machine that works, that's all you need.
1: Yeah. And if you want to get fancy bougie stuff and you can do that, then I'm all for it too. You know, I'm a huge Bernina fangirl. So I love Bernina (laughs) so much. Like I love it. I am you know, I was able to buy it for myself and if you can do it, no shame on you go for it, but Mm -hmm. you definitely do not need like thousands of dollars put into a machine to make something beautiful
0: no and there's not a moral value on that either and I think I think some people can hold you know hold shame on themselves about like oh I can't spend that much money like who cares like you can still make beautiful stuff with thrifted fabrics or you know clothing and a cheap machine and you know a fleece blanket for batting. If you can't afford the batting or, you know, it's like, there's so many different ways like that yeah. you can approach it and still make gorgeous quilts. And it doesn't have to be like everyone else. It doesn't have to be like the curated shit you see online.
1: Yeah. It it almost sets like a bad, you know, precedence. Like you have to be making stuff like this like no what's crazy to me is like when I always thought about thrifted fabrics I'm like I was like I don't know like could I really get something thrifted and make it nice and then I started following Erin um her her Instagram is seam ripper society mm-hmm. and she does a lot of thrifting and yeah. I look at her stuff and I'm like are you kidding me like this is absolutely gorgeous like I would have never known that you're like able to go in and find the stuff you find
0: mm-hmm. and
1: is like amazing looking quilt that it just she blows me away every time
0: yeah yeah that's how I felt about Amory Thompson she's um next gen quilting same yeah. thing she thrifts almost everything she sews with or finds it around the house or whatever like she'll buy fabric here and there but mostly what she's made has come from like donated fabrics or thrifted finds or just shirts that she's cleaning out of her closet at home or you know just like random stuff and she makes gorgeous things I'm just like what the heck it just feels like I think I'm with you I'm like can I really you know scour my husband's side of the closet and find enough things because like I can tell you he's got way more clothes that he (laughs) doesn't wear than he actually wears
1: yeah
0: I'm not gonna cut up my own clothes but
1: but yeah I'm like I had no idea. Yeah. you know, I always had this like misconception in my head that it could never look how modern and like fun and fresh. I would want it to look, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, I'm so wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's, it's so possible. So. Yeah.
0: And I that's was- the kind of fun stuff you want to be wrong about. Like, yeah, please, please show me why I'm wrong. Please explain to me why my previously held belief is incorrect. Like I'm, I'm open to it.
1: Yes. It's all about learning. You know what I mean? Like I see people do stuff and I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I need to learn more about this. Like, I just started learning how to foundation paper piece. And so I'm like obsessed. I knew I was going to be obsessed. Yeah, because- the, like precision that goes into mm. a foundation paper piece and I knew I like mentally I knew I would be like okay I'm liking this the satisfaction of like ripping the paper off you know mm-hmm. learning it oh my gosh my brain was hurting yeah. <laughs> for like days but I'm like I at that point I was like I'm ready to learn something fun to kind of like revive my my sojo as they say yeah because I feeling like super down after like the conversations I had had and like the some of the responses I got and
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was like, okay, I think it's time. And so now I've been doing some foundation paper piecing and I'm like, it's hard to learn at first, but then once you get it, you get it, you know? Yeah. I'm just sewing (laughs) my little heart out.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I've tried it once and I, I made a clock face that like Holly Clark has it as a free design on her website but um and it was fun I loved like planning the fabrics out and kind of making that I still need to like actually finish it but um it was (laughs) yeah I had moments where I was like why the fuck can I not sew this on here correctly my mom was like eh, eh. I'm like Sh- shut up Michelle <laughs> literally
1: I don't think I've ever used my seam ripper as much
0: oh it was so bad I was like I'm this paper is going to be literal dust by the time yeah. I'm done sewing this one piece on
1: <laughs> it's weird because it feels very backwards like mm. you're like sewing something on and you're like wait a minute is this the right way is this how I'm supposed to be doing this like and then I was always forgetting to like trim where my seam allowance should have been. So then I was ending up with these like really thick pieces. <laughs> so it was, it was a challenge, but I really like it. So yeah.
0: kind of yeah. like a puzzle in that way where you're like trying to solve it. And I love puzzling. I go crazy. Like my husband's like, Oh, I can't talk to you. You're puzzling. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, you can just like get into a whole different realm of like existence. I can't like talk to you when you're like this. I'm like, all right, bye.
1: (laughs) Like, see you later.
0: Yeah. Like I'm busy, puzzling. But yeah. So I can see that aspect. And maybe I do want to try. So um I also have mentioned this on here before, but uh we have an Airbnb in our house and yeah like we rent out our master suite and it's the cozy quilt house. So there's like lots of quilty touches and um But I have some like foundation paper pieced blocks I want to make to frame for the room because I have a couple in there right now. But they're ones that my friend made and they're technically hot pads, like an avocado and a cat. And they're so cute. But I'm like, I need to make my own so I can have those back because I never get to look at them. But um, I'm just like so scared to mess it up
1: it's it's I mean I was making mistakes I mean I still do like let me I'm not gonna fool you or fool myself thinking I'm like <laughs> a master at FPP after a couple of weeks but it's definitely it's hard it's hard and you you know once you kind of get into a rhythm it helps but mm-hmm. I'm always I'm still seeing ripping over here I'm like oh shit this is not the right direction <laughs> yeah I'll sew it on like the opposite way where it's not folding over the direction I need it to be yeah and that's what I kept doing with the clock
0: face. I was like, oh my God, damn it. I was like freaking. Out. It took me
1: so long. I'm like, I'm just making a circle. What the hell? Literally, I'm not even kidding. When I was saying like my head hurt, I was like, I literally have a headache from yeah. like trying this over and over again until it makes sense because it it was not making sense for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is one of those things where everybody's like, it's so easy. I'm like, for you, like, yeah. I don't know why my brain doesn't work like that, but I mean, I'm sure it can. I'm not trying to be one of those people that's like,
1: I could never.
0: Yeah. That's, I hate you when could. people say it's that. Just,
1: Yeah. time, a lot of time you have to put into getting to learn it and a lot of YouTube video watching and all that kind of stuff to like,
0: yeah yeah I do want to I do want to make those cute blocks I have like a diamond and um what was the other one I can't remember I just I just remember the diamond one for sure that I was like oh that'll be so cute because the room has all like blues and grays and so if I made like some cute oh, diamonds one. to hang around yeah I don't know. anyway
1: <laughs> you should do it
0: yeah, give
1: it, I you give it a shot. And if you have any questions, you can message me, and I'll try. I'm I'll try. I'm not an expert, but I can definitely try to help.
0: Yeah, I'll be like, help me, Emily. I'm lost.
1: I've been telling everyone, I'm like, do it. I'm like, do FPP. It's so fun, you know. And I'm like, if you have problems, just message me. Like, I'll literally Facetime you, whatever. Like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I just yeah. think it's fun. I want other people to experience that too. Yeah, it's just different than your traditional piecing, so.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think like you, I want that precision. So I think I would ultimately love it if I just tried it, but I just, yeah, haven't really taken the time to push myself to try it and figure it out. But I definitely like my friend Miranda, she made, a pillow for me and she did an FPP hummingbird on the front of it. And it's so cute. And it's on the bed in the Airbnb because it's like the only place it's safe um, <laughs> in my house, but uh, it's so beautiful. And yeah, the points are perfect and it's just gorgeous. And every time I see it, I'm like, I need to make something like that. And then, yeah, I'm just checking out, but I need to like, take my own advice and just, just try it, just figure it out. And if I end up hating it, I don't ever have to do it again.
1: Yeah. Or maybe you can come back to it one day and you're like, okay, I now have the time to like spend learning this and spend it making mistakes because it's going to happen. And yeah. yeah. Cause I knew I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I kept saying to myself, like, I'm seeing all these amazing FPP things. I was like, but I'm not mentally ready. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm ready.
0: Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And I think when you do it in your own time and it feels right for you, then I think kind of things will just come together for you instead of feeling forced. Like, Oh, I have to make this because this other person made it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. As long as you're staying true to yourself, then it usually works out. Right. <laughs> Definitely.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's been really fun, which is awesome. why i been like telling everybody I'm like, you need to just do it. <laughs>
0: yeah have you been sharing it on your social? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I was like, I think I've seen some stuff, but I just, it all kind of like blends together sometimes if I'm like not really focused on like looking at somebody specifically. So.
1: Yeah. I started out making like a standard star to just learn because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to jump into like a full fledged project and then be freaking out that I'm wasting fabric. So I was like, I'm good. Just going to use scraps. Yeah. And- making these stars until like I kind of get it and so once I kind of worked through like the smaller kinks I went to do I made two wall banners okay I, I'm just supposed to hang them up for me so we'll see but <laughs> they they were like my first official FPP project and like there's definitely some mistakes but overall they look really really great and I'm like so proud of them and now I'm working on the atomic starburst quilt by Violet Craft and there's the she has like the it's like kind of like mid-century modern type stars so they're Mm -hmm. like long and pointy so that's what I've been working on because I have to make like a lot of those
0: (laughs) I was gonna say there's a lot on there yeah
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm working on now and it's gonna be with um some Alice in Wonderland fabric with a new collection that came out from Riley Blake Mm -hmm. and I was like I need this in my life so I was like it's gonna be perfect to like fussy cut the big diamonds and Mm -hmm. have that fabric stand out so I'm super excited
0: that'll be awesome yeah my mom and I because like I was obsessed with Sleeping Beauty I mean all the Disney movies and stuff but when I was little I was obsessed with Sleeping Beauty so when that line came out what last year two years ago anyway we like ran to the quilt shop and bought everything they had and we're making like we started our um the Tessa quilt by kitchen table quilting um And so we just have to like lay out the pieces because we have it all cut out and like all the stuff ready. We just have to like lay it out and then sew the rows together. Cause it's like, you make the rows, but then it's all, it's like kind of offset cause you turn everything on point, yeah, like diagonally. So um, anyway, but yeah, like very similar to that Riley Blake fairy tale. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm like, it's so cute. I'll have to look that up cause I don't know if I saw that.
0: It's called Little Briar Rose.
1: Okay. I'll have to look at it.
0: It's so cute. Oh my God. Like I can't handle it. And so, yeah, it's super fun. But yeah, the Alice in Wonderland one is so cute too. I'm like, what can I make with that? I'm like, I haven't even finished my Sleeping Beauty yet. Like I need to calm down.
1: (laughs) My issue is I'm always like, okay, wait, there's this fabric coming out. I I feel like I'm like, I want to get it before Mm -hmm. it's gone. Cause I feel like I missed out on so much good fabric like pre-2020, because really I didn't, I would say I really wasn't super into quilting until like 2021. Okay. So just like looking back, I'm like, oh, I missed so much cute stuff. So now I'm like, okay, if I really want this, mm-hmm. I, bu- I probably buy more than I need to. Yeah.
0: I mean, but- we all do. That's just a, it's a hazard of quilting. You just end up with so much fabric that you probably aren't going to use or don't really need, but like, uh,
1: okay. <laughs> you know? You know, I'm preparing myself for retirement. So I'm going to have a lot of fabric. (laughs) Exactly. When I'm retired in like, what, 30 years? I mean, who
0: knows? Maybe your sticker sales will just go through the roof and, or maybe you'll find some other aspect of it to make enough passive income that you can just be done when you want to be done.
1: Yeah. I would love for that to, to be a reality, but we'll see. I've been working on pattern writing. Mm. So I've finished my first quilt top for my pattern that I wrote, but the imposter syndrome is so real. Oh yeah, because I'm like I feel that (laughs) I'm like I'm such a new quilter, so I'm like, who gave me the right to like step out here and start writing patterns, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm doing this because I like it and because doing the process. So it's been very much like this internal battle of like okay, I'm going to release it. I'm just going to do it. And then I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) So I'm still like fighting with myself. I'm like, should I just do it? And then I'm like going back and forth.
0: Yeah. I think you should just do it. I mean, I know there's like the idea that, you know, everybody and their dog is designing quilts right now, but yeah, honestly, if, you have a design in mind and you make it and you love it and you think other people are going to love it too like honestly what does it hurt to share it yeah it hurts nothing there's like so many different styles and so many different you know perspectives out there that every single person could design their own quilt and like everything would be different you know what i'm saying so like you're you putting your designs out there and your aesthetic out there is going to speak to someone and, you know, maybe it doesn't stay something that you do, or maybe it is. And it's not like a super, you know, you're not releasing several a year. Maybe it's just like one a year or something, whatever, you know, works for you. But yeah, I think if you, again, if you go back to what we were saying before, if you find joy in it and it makes you happy and it feels good to do, then I say, just do it.
1: Yeah. That's like what I've kind of been telling myself. I'm like, as long as I'm still finding that joy and going through this process, like I should just keep going for it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely, it's hard. Yeah, no, (laughs) It's It's just like, there's so many good designs out there already. And I'm like, I, I just don't know if like what I'm contributing would be like unique enough or something that someone would like enough, you know, there's a lot and I'm like, not expecting to be able to quit my job because I'm writing quilt patterns either. I think that's like, <laughs> I want to be realistic and knowing that, like, you know, I wouldn't make a ton of money off of probably pattern sales. And I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, but if I'm having fun, I think I just need to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just test the waters and see how it goes. And if it's underwhelming or if it's, you know, I'm sure it won't be, but, you yeah. know, like, you get the option to to back out at any time and give yourself the space to just try it. And I let, like I always say, fuck around and find out. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) And like, the more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. And it's, you know, if you never fuck around, then
1: you'll never find out. So yeah, it's true. Cause I could go through this process and be like, okay, I actually really love this. Like the whole designing process. And actually making my quilt top was so fun. And yeah. so now I'm out there, like, okay, I need to like sit down and write this, but I'm like, just in this internal battle of like, should I really do this? Or should I just be a quilter and just, you know, make things.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but I think okay. at any time too, if you, if you love it for a while and decide that you don't love it, you know, in a few months or a few years, whatever, then you can always say mm, I'm done now and it's okay. Yeah. Like there's nothing saying that you have to just because you do something once or twice or even 10 times that you have to keep doing it forever.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the greatness about humans and getting to make our own decisions. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're totally right. Like if I do it for a little bit works, you know, or if not. I can try something else. Yeah yeah, I know I
0: just said I was like had to back out of testing patterns, but I mean, you can send it my way. If once you <laughs> write it, I'll edit. I'll help you. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Honestly, like everyone that I've talked to has been so supportive about it. So I'm like, I'm just being such a big baby over here. you know, it's I'm scary like, yeah. it, it is. is but everyone's been like they're like, yeah, I'll look at it. I'll test it for you. Like whatever you to do. And I'm like, I'm so grateful to have yeah. like people around me that support me and want to help. and I think probably the best thing to come out of quilting for me is to make these friendships and connections and Mm -hmm. just have people in your corner, like ready to help you. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've like asked my friends, like, what does this mean in a pattern? Or can you help me with this scant, you know, seam or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be? Like if something just doesn't make sense, like I have this small community that I can be like, okay, I know exactly who to ask, (laughs) you know, I'm going to DM them. And then if I don't know, I'll post something on my stories and I'll normally get like some really great responses. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so helpful to have that and to be able to ask, like ask questions, but also like have so much backup and support of people saying like, no, we're your ride or die. Like we will support you in this. And like, hopefully be honest with you at the same time as far as like if they thought something was a bad idea or that you're doing something crazy like that they would maybe talk you off the ledge but yeah like that's I mean yeah I have that too with my besties like if we're always sending each other pictures like I'm at the shop does this go together am I crazy and it's like yeah you know I can trust that they're gonna be like I don't know if you want to put those together or like absolutely if you don't make this quilt we're going to disown you. You know, it's like,
1: yeah. even just help with like picking out a panto or picking a binding. Sometimes you're just like totally torn and mm-hmm. to just be like, okay guys, which one mm-hmm. right now,
0: <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. nice to be able to like have someone else's feedback. And then you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, you're right. I see what you're saying. Like, I'm going to go that route.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's so nice to have that. And like, even if they're not, you know, local to you, it's like, at least if you have somebody, you can text or dm it's like so nice
1: yeah because I'm so jealous that you have like in life real life I don't want to say real life friends but like in person friends Mm -hmm. I feel like all my connections that I've made have been like of course everyone lives like across the country or hours and hours away from me I'm like man I wish I could have like a little like closer community where we could get together in person yeah I'm very jealous that you have (laughs) I think it's awesome to just be able to like get together. Just sew,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, yeah,
0: that's, like, it's super fun. Like, that's what we did for my birthday. We did it for Jen's birthday. Like, we don't do it for every single birthday, but occasionally it's like, especially if we haven't had a time where we've been able to get together and sew, then it's like, okay, that's what I want. I just want to sit and sew with my besties and like, no pressure to like get anything done per se or whatever, but just like have time that I'm specifically setting aside to just do the thing I love to do with the people I love the most and like it's super fun.
1: That's like the dream, right? That's like yeah. you know, I recently my sister started to quilt but she lives like 4 hours away from me so <laughs> it still isn't like super close but we probably like FaceTime every night while cool. we're still- Yeah, and it's like so nice and I'm so excited that she's shown interest in this I hope she sticks with it because <laughs> I'm is like she- I'm like I need like a FaceTime buddy you know to like quilt with and yeah yeah. yeah
0: is she younger or older than you
1: she's older than me I think I have like a huge age gap between me and my sisters so I think she's about 12 years older than me
0: okay I'm 15 years older than my sister so, <laughs> so
1: Yeah, I have an older sister too she's the middle sister so I okay. think my I think it's like 13 years between my other sister they were pretty close I was the the random,
0: <laughs> the little baby. I know my sister was like me and my one brother were only a year apart. And then my other brother is 10 years younger. And then my sister's 15 years younger. So there was like, but my mom and dad had us had me and Jeremy, like back when to they, back. like back to back, they were like, in my mom was in high school when she had me and then a year out of high school when she had Jeremy. And then she was like I can't be an empty nester when I'm like 35 this is crazy so then I think Ben my youngest brother is the only one that was actually planned out of all of us so (laughs) I'm like mom and dad wanted you so you're the lucky one he's like I know I'm
1: like oh jerk (laughs) see that's I feel like that's how I am because my mom always tells me she's like you're the only planned one because she you know she had me so much later in life Mm -hmm. whereas like I think she had my sister when she was 18. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty normal back then. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's like, it's just funny because there is such a gap. And so sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how to be like a sister. Cause I feel like I'm such a mom, like my role, because I took care of these kids. Like I babysat them all the time. I fed them, I bathed them. I changed their diapers. Like I did like, just as much as my mom, almost sometimes, like, I know not as much. So don't get me wrong. I'm not like kidding myself here, but like my role was a caretaker in these kids' lives. I wasn't just like with Jeremy, like, I don't have any of those feelings. Like we were so close that, you know, it's not the same, but with Ben and Natalie, I'm like, I don't know how to be a sister.
1: Like, because I think my sisters probably very much feel the same way. Cause like I was with my my mom worked a full-time job, so did my dad. So, you know, I was with my sisters all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they were constantly taking care of me, you know, feeding me, whatever it might be. Like, you know, they very much had that like almost mom role. So yeah. I feel like I like sometimes they'll talk to me and I'm like, I'm like, you know, you're not my mother, right? Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I know it's, it's all out of love. So I, you know, I get it, but I
0: know. And I told my sister too. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I say things and I just hear mom like coming out of my mouth. Like, I am my mother. You know, it's like, that's so scary. I'm like, Shit, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to mother you. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know how to interact otherwise. And it like, it makes me feel so terrible. And I'm like, oh, I need to work on that. But I mean, it's, we still talk. We're close. It's not like a bad thing. It's just, I think in my head more than anything, I feel like, I swear I'm not trying to be your mom. <laughs>
1: it's more like coming from a protective place. You know what I mean? That's what I always felt like. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like you don't have to worry, you know, but it's, it's very funny because me and my sister will talk and we'll like say something or do something. And we'll both kind of like look at each other Mm -hmm. and like that's exactly what mom would do, you know? (laughs) And then we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that.
0: I know. I know my sister will be like, okay, Michelle. I'm like, excuse you. (laughs) no not that it's a bad thing it's just funny because it's like oh yeah mm-hmm, yep that's exactly what mom says all the time so you're yeah. welcome
1: and or even like mannerisms sometimes we'll do something and we'll just be like oh my god yeah Do I just do that <laughs> it's very funny. well and I'm with my mom
0: all the time so it's like that's true that's like the hazard of running a business with with your mom is that you turn into her I'll show up and we're wearing the same exact clothes I'm like oh my god <laughs>
1: That's so
0: funny! I have to go home and change. I'll be right back. I'm just kidding, but it's so like, funny.
1: Thank we're working from your home because
0: <laughs> I know we're like at a shop. If we owned a shop and we're just like matching, it would be ridiculous. I would be like, "No, this cannot happen."
1: <laughs> we just have to be like, "This is the uniform for today." <laughs> we just have to wear it
0: every day so that people aren't like, "Why do you always match?" <laughs>
1: It's funny because like I'll go home and I'll like steal some of my mom's stuff and I'm like, I'm like, this is cute. Where does she get from? You know? And I'm like, I'm taking this home with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom's like, I'm getting rid of some clothes. Do you want to go through them? I'm like, heck yes, I do. Because she buys good stuff, so I'm always like, mm, I want this. I want
1: this. I want this. Like, exactly. I'm like, okay. I was like, I'm taking this. Like, she had this like fleece button up, and I'm almost like, I need this. I was like, I'm way colder than you are. Like, you're not <laughs> even going to use this. Like, I'll graciously graciously take it from you are like, I'm helping you out. Yeah. I was like, your closets are full. You probably can't even fit this in here. Like, let me just take it off your hands, you know? Mm-hmm. It
0: <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, never stops. I think, you know, it's like one day you just start taking your mom's stuff and then it just doesn't stop like ever. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. And I mean,
1: you start shopping at Costco and Sam's for clothes.
0: I'm like, I got this awesome sweatshirt at Costco. And then I'm like, who am I? Oh
1: my God. I know. Literally. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, cause some of some stuff here is good. Like, I know it really is.
0: I'm here for it.
1: I'm like my middle aged. I mean,
0: kind of right. We're in our late thirties. Well, you're still, you're going to be, you're going to be 35, but I'm already 37. So I'm well past my mid.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. I feel like I feel like the mindset that I have, it doesn't feel like I'm going to be 35, you know.
0: Yeah. I know I was like, wait, I'm 37. Like it just feels so weird. And I think part of that for me too is because I'm around my parents so much and like I feel like a kid when I'm around them so much that it's hard to remember, like, oh, I'm like inch into 40. I'm a grown-up. <laughs> I can not- do whatever I want.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah it's it's weird to think about you Mm -hmm. know yeah it's
0: it's fine though like I rather would I'd rather have that and think I'm younger than I actually am than feel like I'm already 60 when I'm not even there yet you know it's like
1: I mean when I'm piecing my backing together I very much feel like I might be (laughs) (laughs) mid-60s but but mentally mentally you know (laughs)
0: yeah yeah I mean there there is a line for certain things I'm like yeah no I'm old but then other things I'm like 12 so you know
1: what are you gonna do <laughs> I think it's a good thing to have yeah. like a mindset but yeah well I think too that's like what keeps
0: that's what kind of keeps I think when you're when you have a hobby or you have a, a craft like quilting that that young younger mindset I think keeps it fresh And because you're looking for new things to do and if you keep that perspective and that outlook of like no I'm young I've got so much time like you can keep yeah keep your skills alive and keep keep everything fresh and moving forward instead of getting stuck in a rut of like I only make this kind of quilt now it's like
1: yeah boy. so funny I was just thinking like am I gonna be like a 60 year old woman like still obsessed with Ruby Star and like using like all these bright fabrics or like, am I going to eventually transition into like wanting to use more traditional fabrics? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. I tell. But it's, I think it's interesting to think about, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I know. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, am I going to like start turning into the quilter that I don't want to be just because of age? But I'm like, there's no way because I choose to keep like, Keep an open mind to things, but also like, yeah. I like what I like, and I think as long as you keep embracing that part of it and don't feel like you have to like, oh, I'm older now, I better tone down my choices like,, Mm-mm, fuck that. I'm gonna just keep picking what I like to look at, and I mean i will I will die sewing Ruby Star fabric, like <laughs> as long as they make it, I'm gonna use it because I cannot get enough ever. <sighs>
1: so cute. I was talking to my friend like just because me and my one friend our styles are just so different like hers are very like they're modern but they're very like clean mm-hmm. you know they're like very like neutral tones and I'm like mine looks like a unicorn threw up and like that's what came out and I love it yeah. but I'm like but I look around my house and I'm like, everything is like white in my house. So like my quilts, just like, they look so odd because it's like, here's a big rainbow quilt, you know, but I love it. I think yeah. it, it keeps it fun and interesting for me mentally as I'm sewing. Like I recently made my sister a two-toned quilt and it was like a, a cream and then like a tan. And it's beautiful. Yeah. The process of sewing <laughs> I was so bored. I'm like, this is so mentally like uninteresting for me. And it was funny because I'm like, color means so much to me. And I didn't even realize Mm -hmm. how much until I started making that quilt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never really, I've like worked with solids for like client quilts and, but, and that same like frame of reference, like they were colorful. Like it was a like I made the mountain Valley quilt, um, for a client and, but she wanted like pinks and purples. And so it was real freaking cute. Like it's still to this day is one of my most favorite quilts I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And it's on the sweet pea feed. So if anybody wants to see it, they can go dig around on sweet pea design company, (laughs) um, Insta, but, um, and I'm like, God, I want to use solid so bad. And I was thinking about, you know, I want to make a more modern like solids quilt for my house because like you, I, all of my quilts are bright, you know, Tula, Ruby star, rifle paper, tons of color, you know, art gallery, everything is super colorful and I love color and I want to pull all the things I love together. And it may not match specifically, but like one of the best compliments I've ever had is like a, from an Airbnb guest and she was like are you an interior decorator or something and I was like no
1: That's the best compliment <laughs>
0: she's like I she's like honestly she's like it just looks exactly how I would want my house to look in here oh I was like oh my god like you're gonna make me cry
1: <laughs> yeah
0: and she was like how do you like how do you pick I'm like I literally just choose things I like I don't I don't know like and I think it's the same with quilting. Like if you just pick the stuff you like, you're always going to love your quilts. And even if they're not perfect, like it's not going to matter because you're going to love looking at the fabric and you're going to feel good that you chose it because you like it and not because you felt pressure to be like, Oh, I need to convert to making solids because that's like the trend right now. I mean, I might one day, cause I do think they're beautiful, but for me, like I've always been an obnoxious print kind of person. Even as a kid, I remember just like mixing and matching yeah. like my clothes and outfits that my mom would be like, that doesn't go. And I'm like, yes, it does. I like, like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, like when I first started quilting, I was like, I only want solids. Like mm. I just felt like prints were so Intimidating to me because I was like, I don't know how to like incorporate this, mm. and make it look like cohesive. So like now I'm like fully venturing into more patterns and stuff like that, which I'm excited about because I feel like just adds this like additional fun element to your flow, yeah, where it's not yeah, just pink, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure, and it gives it it gives it even more personality, like you know, a good pantograph on a quilt made with solids can be so gorgeous and like yeah like we were saying it can give it a personality that you're just like oh my god it's perfect and but sometimes just like including like just the right print or like just the right combination of prints can make a quilt just sing and you're like this is it this is this is what I wanted this is what I was trying to communicate with this piece of art like
1: it's so true like I just I've bought so, or I bought so much stuff that was patterned Mm -hmm. and it's just like kind of sitting here and I'm like, I need, I need to just find the right pattern to make this work. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of like finding that and matching it up with what you're, you're looking for. Mm
0: You
1: know, like solids go with everything, but, yeah, but I mean, some people use prints and I'm like, that looks so amazing. I never would have thought to do it that way, Mm. you know? So sometimes it's just like you need to just step out of like my box, my comfort zone, and like go for it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And as long as you love the fabric, you know? Yeah, you can't go. Be. Yeah, exactly. I literally just sewed a bunch of fat quarters together at one point because I didn't want to cut them up. It's like the tulip pink all stars, her the re release when she like recolored everything. Yeah. And I didn't want to cut them up. So I just sewed them together. <laughs> like, I mean, it <laughs> so, I mean, it can be as simple as that is like, I just loved the fabric so much. And I didn't want to try to fussy cut all the animals or try to figure out a pattern to do that with. And I was just like, screw it. I'm just sewing these things together. I'm making a giant crazy quilt. And that's all I, like, that's it. That's the end of that's
1: it. Because awesome, sometimes like you just, it depends on how big the print is. You're like, there's no way. I could take this and make it like fussy cut it to fit.
0: Right. You know? Right. Unless- or even just the fact that then there's like all that wasted fabric around it that you're like, what do I do with this now? Because if it doesn't fit the specifications of the the fabric or the pattern that you're trying to make with that fabric, it's like, I don't want to waste all that either because I mean, that's some valuable shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Crazy how much stuff resells for especially out of print stuff I'm like Mm -hmm. I try not to go down that that hole too much because Mm -hmm. I love to collect things so I'm like I need to like pump the brakes and not get too wild because especially some of the Tula stuff Mm -hmm. that stuff goes for crazy money I know that's so
0: glad I got it when I did because I looked online like a few weeks ago when I was putting it together. Cause I'm like, I wonder how much it would be to get one of these as like the binding. And I was like, just kidding. The print was like, they were selling a fat quarter for like a hundred dollars. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was just, it was a joke. I was just kidding guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like actually <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I'm going to just not and say I didn't. So
1: up <laughs> when you like find stuff that wasn't available when you are not available now. Mm -hmm. Like, especially for me, I like look at stuff and I'm like, I wish I would have had the opportunity to buy that retail because if I would ever buy it for like some crazy price like that, it's hard to cut into that fabric and then use it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's
0: hard enough to cut into it in the first place when you buy it normal price, but then to have spent a hundred dollars or hundreds of dollars on, you know, resale fabric, it's like, now I have, like, I can't cut it now, especially.
1: like now it's too sacred it's too pretty to cut like Mm -hmm. I need to just hold on to it forever but then uh, and a part of me is like I can't do that I need to use it you know yeah
0: yeah that's why I just sewed those suckers together and like I have plans for I found like it was months ago but I was digging through I have I had like these big plastic drawers that just had like because I used to crochet that was like my thing before I found quilting and now I hardly ever crochet so anyway I was just like cleaning out the drawers because it used to hold on my yarn and all my like crochet supplies and I had stashed some tula in there that I completely forgot about I had like a layer cake of Zuma I had a fat quarter bundle of the original um the de la luna sisters what's that one called nightshade no yeah.
1: I, um, I know when you're talking about yeah
0: though. anyway so i had some of that and then that's when i found the all-stars i was like oh my god what am i like, like what, what am i doing yes you're <laughs> yeah. like i you had <laughs> yeah i had a jelly roll of pinkerville i had a layer cake of pinkerville and i was like okay okay so yeah. i i do have plans for all of it which is i'm gonna I have a pattern in the background and everything ready to go for the Pinkerville jelly roll. So that'll be fun, but
1: Exciting. it's yeah, just, you gotta use the good stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, quilting as my job and like, you have a, day, a normal day job, like finding the time to actually like sit down and sew for yourself can be kind of tricky. And especially cause I don't really have a space for it right now in my own house. Like I feel like the only sewing I do is for other people at this point, but yeah, there is a near, a near future point where I will have my sewing space, a sewing space here at home again. So that'll be nice, but yeah. I'm like, Oh wait, I'm my own boss. I can like set aside time to just sew if I want to, and I can do it at my mom's house. Like she wouldn't care if I'm like, can we just sew today? She'd be like, yes, throw all the jobs out the window. You know?
1: Yeah. I feel like I the way I've like tried to motivate myself is because sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. And then I go like weeks you know where I'm not sewing anything. So I always ask myself like tomorrow, if I look back on what I did today, am I going to be sad that I didn't sew? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that answer is yes. And so I'll, I'll go sew. And sometimes the answer is no. And so I'll just hang out, you know? Yeah. No, it works for me for the most part of like, okay, how am I going to feel tomorrow about what I'm, what I'm spending my time on doing today?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you, if you squeeze it in and you feel good about it, then awesome. But if it feels like a chore, then don't force yourself. Like that's a creativity killer. And who wants to waste time sitting around going, oh, what am I even going to do right now? Like, Don't do it. Do something else. Watch a TV show or play on your phone or hang out with your spouse or whatever. Like. (laughs)
1: There's it's, lots of other things. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you can't do it every day because you're going to get that burnout feeling. Mm-hmm. You just have to ask yourself, you know. Well,
0: I feel like I've taken up enough of your time today. <laughs> but thank, thank you. you know. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. This yeah. has been really fun. And I hope everybody goes out and buys your stickers because they're so cute and checks out your website. and. Follows you on Instagram, and so where can people find you?
1: Uh, I'm Peach and Honey Studio everywhere, so I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and my website is peachandhoneystudio.com.
0: Perfect, awesome! Well, thank you so much again. And I you better release that pattern soon because <laughs>
1: you know, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to get it long arm. so I'm like, I need to start working on this pattern because, yeah, mentally. I'm like, okay, I've made my my tester version of it, and so we'll see. Hopefully, okay.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks again so much, and hopefully, we'll chat again really soon.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking me to, to come on here. I, I, don't, this has been like low key one of my goals for this year to be on a podcast. Oh yes! Check so I was off. so excited. I was like texting my friends. Like, I was like, guess what? <laughs> So I was like super excited, super grateful for you to invite me on here.
0: Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. I was, I was really excited that you accepted. I was like, yes. Cause I just love talking to people that I feel inspired by and just pick your brains. And so, yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Okay, bye. Bye.